0: Good morning. Praise the Lord. Welcome to Christ Center Church, where Christ is our central focus. We're so excited that you decided to join us for our worship service here this morning. We pray that you will have an amazing and unforgettable experience with us today. We know that you were already greeted by one of our greeters before entering our sanctuary, and we know that you were greeted with a smile by one of our ushers before you took your seat. But if you so happen to have any questions about our service today or any information about our church, feel free to see one of our ushers or come back out to our foyer area with our greeters. And we'll give you the information that you're looking for. Any questions that you have, we'll be able to answer that. We're here to serve you and we pray that you will have a great experience with us today.
1: Good morning. My name is Nicola Wyatt, and I am here to give you this month's announcements. Just as a reminder, Monday through Friday from 5 a.m. to 6 a.m., we have morning connection prayer. Whether you choose to pray for 15 minutes, 30 minutes, or even the entire 60 minutes, you can do so. We welcome you. If you would like more information on that, please see one of our ushers or one of our greeters will be able to give you all the information that you need. We also have Wednesday afternoon prayer from 12.30 p.m. to 1.30 p.m. right here at 4 Tennis Court. Join us here for our afternoon prayer. We have our weekly discipleship series. This will be on Tuesdays at 7.30 p.m, taught by one of our amazing ministers If you want to dive a little deeper into the Word of God, this will be the place for you. If you have questions that you want to ask, perhaps you don't want to ask it while the preaching is going, this is the place for you. Please ask one of our ushers or the greeters for the Zoom link. We have Sunday school at 9 a.m. every Sunday. Between the ages of 2 and up, we have a class for you. Join us. It's that time of year again our annual Christmas banquet. This banquet will be held on December 22nd, that's a Friday, at 7 p.m. The cost of our banquet is adults 18 and over $60, teens 12 to 17 $35, and children 5 to 11 $15. This will be held at the Princeton Marriott of Hill. If you have any questions or concerns, please See sister sylvia can you believe 2023 is already coming to a close this year our new year's eve is on a sunday we'll have our regular sunday morning worship service starting at 10:30 a.m then we'll be back here again at 10 p.m for our new year's eve service let's bring in the new year together and following the service we'll have a midnight breakfast and fellowship join us to kick off the new year We're having our second annual Overcoming Mental Health Workshop on Friday, January 5th at 7.30 p.m. and Saturday, January 6th at 10 a.m. Join us as we aim to have important conversation as it relates to mental health. This is an important topic that most times gets overlooked. Bring your notepads and questions. Together, we will overcome on january 11th through the 13th 2024 thursday through saturday our north central jersey district youth department will be hosting their second annual winter youth conference this year's conference is entitled limitless this will take place at pastor buesos church in newark new jersey if you have any questions regarding registration service times and more please see brother or sister hasker or any one of our youth leaders. These are announcements. To stay connected with us, follow us on our social media platforms, Facebook or Instagram. Have a blessed day.
2: Church. Hallelujah. Can we stand to our feet? Is anybody happy to be in the house of the Lord this morning? Hallelujah. Just turn to
3: We praise your name this morning. My name is Crystal, and I want to welcome you to christ Center Church. Everyone in the sanctuary and for those that are also online, we welcome you today to christ Center Church. And we thank you for joining us because you could be anywhere today, but you chose to be here with us and experience the wonderful name of Jesus. I'm here because I want to pray with you all. Let's pray together. If you have a need, I just ask that you show that by waving your hand. And if you are online and you have a need, we just ask that you go on ahead and post that. Send that into the chat, and we're going to be praying with you, praying for you. But I've been tasked with uh, something a little bit uh, big this morning. And like a boss, in pastor's words, I'm going to ask my husband to come forward. And I'm going to ask that. Those who know the Lord, those who love the Lord, and those who know how to get a prayer through, if you could just come forward and lay hands on him this morning, we're going to pray for him today. We're going to pray that God would heal him. He asked me this morning if I was a little bit nervous to come up and, and lead prayer, and I said, no, I'm all right, because I'm a giant in Jesus. Uh-huh. Yeah. And so when when God shows you who you are, you got to start to believe him, right? And so we said going into 2024. We're not going to be shy and timid about this thing because we giants in God and the same spirit that lifted from the dead, the same spirit that God used to make blind eyes see is the same spirit that in us, right, is the same God who can give us a miracle. So I'm going to ask that you pray with with us this morning. God. You are wonderful. You are matchless. Spirit of the living God, we ask your spirit to be in this place right now in the mighty name of Jesus. We ask you, oh God, to have your way this morning. We ask you for every hand that was raised that you would touch them right now in the name of Jesus. Touch my husband, Lord God. You know what he struggles with. We've been to every doctor. We've been to every specialist. We've prayed and we've cried, oh God. And we've gotten no answers. But we know that you are the God of everything. That you know all. That you see all. And that you can give us a miracle in the blink of an eye. So I pray right now that you would touch his body right now. In the name of Jesus. I pray that you would touch his mind. Oh devil, you can't have his mind. In the name of Jesus, I speak right now with power and with the authority that has been given to me, oh God. That you would take over his mind. That you would touch his heart. That you would remind him of who he is in you this morning, oh God. In the mighty name of Jesus. Oh God, you, you, you deemed him worthy a long time ago, Lord God. I pray that you would touch him right now. Oh, in the name of Jesus, we thank you that we may not see the physical manifestation, but we know that you're working it in the spirit, that you are a God who is always working, Lord God. And the same power, the same power that you use in your word is the same power that you've allowed to be in us today, oh God. Allow your spirit to move in this service like never before, oh God. Allow us to have an encounter with you like never before, oh God. Allow each and every one of us to see who we are in you. And allow us to believe it, Lord God. In the name of Jesus, touch hearts and touch minds. In Jesus' name, I speak right now, Lord God, that you would allow somebody to be filled with your spirit today, oh God. That they would allow themselves to to experience you, Lord God, like never before. In the name of Jesus, we speak salvation in this house today. We speak salvation in this house today, oh God. We speak salvation in this house today, Lord God. We thank you for the baptisms. We thank you for those whose hearts you are changing and touching this morning. We thank you, Lord God. And we know that you can do all things. We pray this morning that you would touch the heart of your people. That you would allow your word to penetrate our hearts this morning. That we would leave this place different than before. That your word would not just fall but it will fall on good ground. And that when we leave this place, it would never be your presence. We lift you high this morning. Have your way. Let's lift up the name, the wonderful and matchless name of Jesus. God, you are worthy to be praised. Hallelujah.
2: Let earth receive her King. Let every heart prepare Him room. Let heaven and nature sing. Let heaven and nature sing. Let heaven and nature sing. The joy, the joy of the Lord is my strength. The joy, the joy, the joy of the Lord is my strength.
4: Good morning. Praise the
0: Lord. It was February 10th of 2020 when we moved here. And that was about six weeks before the pandemic kind of took off and everything went crazy. So in six weeks, we had moved here, didn't really know anybody, didn't know the community. But trying to connect with people and network and, and just build relationships. And then all of a sudden, we were literally told not to talk to anybody told not to congregate. That's a problem when you're trying to build a congregation. So, we didn't know exactly what the future held, but I'll never forget talking to Pastor Andrew Romine. And the first thing he stated to me was God was not surprised by this. We didn't know exactly what the future held, but we did know that God had called us here for a purpose. We had to push back our launch multiple times, but we started social media just putting devotions out each Monday. There was a, a person here in the community. She saw one of our videos, saw one of our devotions, and reached out to us. I remember so vividly what she said. She said, we've been meeting in our homes now for about six months every Tuesday, and we love God, and we're studying the Word of God, and we're praying, but we need a church. So the following Tuesday, that group came over to our house, and that's what started Truth Church Meeting in Person.
5: Tuesday night Bible studies got too big for our home. Then God opened the door for us to begin having Bible study at an old bank. So if you think about it, you know you're transitioning from a home to a bank to a to the vault of a bank. Um, And and then as our story began to grow, no church wanted to uh, open their doors to us. And, And You know, we're in the middle of a pandemic, things were just intense anyway, and finding a facility was a big challenge.
0: Seven different times, we're looking to have church, trying to have church, praying with all of our people for doors to open, and it seemed like doors were just closing one after another, until finally one of the the individuals in our group had a connection with the local fairground, and I remember meeting with the fairground board, and uh, they showed me the facility, and in the back of my mind, I'm thinking, and this is not where I want to have church but it was the only option we had the Holy Ghost moved there it was amazing in that facility in that room you wouldn't look at it and expect to find yourself in the middle of one of the most powerful services you've ever been in but people received the gift of the Holy Ghost there we had a portable baptistry some would call it a horse trough but it was a portable baptistry for us baptized people in the saving name of Jesus Christ. In the summer of 2020, we'd been having church for a few months and everything was great. The church was growing. We were advancing. We had room to grow. But fair season was coming up. So the month of July, we could not get in the fairgrounds. So we started looking around and and talking to people in the community, connected with a local pastor here, and they agreed to let us have church in their facility for the month of July. So after our first service, I went golfing with that pastor and By the third hole of our golf trip, we had a purchase price agreed to for their facility. They were looking to move out of town. Everything looked great. The facility was wonderful. Um, The purchase price was wonderful. But being such a young church, we only had about a year's worth of financial record. And North American Missions, Christmas for Christ, really stepped up because they saw everything that God was doing in our community. They saw the need, and they helped us. They helped us purchase this facility with grants and monthly assistance. And we look at where we are now. And while this community has a past, it also has a present. We're setting in a 10,000 square foot facility with room to grow in a growing, thriving church. Families being changed. marriages being restored. People being filled with the gift of the Holy Ghost, baptized in Jesus' name. Discipleship is taking place here. And it's just evidence that the past doesn't have to hinder the future. There's a past here, yes, but there's a present here. And because of where we are, because of so many people who've invested in us, North American Missions and Christmas for Christ, there's also a future in a community where it was stated there was none. We're very thankful.
5: We just want to thank you, Christmas for Christ and North American Missions, for just blessing us, blessing our people, blessing our church. And because of so many people especially you, but so many people um, that believed in us, we have a thriving church. And it goes to show you, God, his spirit moves everywhere. So whether you're at home, whether you're in a vault, whether you're at a fairgrounds, and then when he blesses you with the church, wherever his people are, wherever his spirit is, God's going to move in a mighty way.
4: Hallelujah. Come on, give the Lord a round of applause. Hallelujah. 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 Amen. 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 Last year, this time we weren't here. Amen. Can look back and say, look what the Lord has done. Amen. We're serving an awesome God who is worthy to be praised. Amen. Once a year in our organization, we what we have what is known as Christmas for Christ. Give our best gift to Jesus Christ. Um, in the back uh, of the sanctuary, where that um, you see the tr- Christmas tree back there, we have a few more envelopes back there. That if you have never, if you have not yet, take one of those envelope, we're you know advising you to take one to be a blessing. Um, what that money does, it bring you know for churches or you know uh, church planters that are trying to get. Uh, a building somewhere where they can facilitate people to worship God. And, you know, it would be a blessing to, you know, folks out there to help them to have somewhere where they can praise and to worship the lord amen in fact i I still have the baptismal tank running the water is nice and warm so if there's someone here that's not yet baptized in jesus name and you're ready to get baptized this morning the water is ready amen if you're here would like to talk to you amen because we want to make sure this home is your home amen amen so as part of that coming in the new year just uh, you know, uh, 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 a quick up-to-date, we're going to be having one service, one night service in the coming New Year every quarter. So be ready for that. We want you to get your family and friends out. You know, uh, we're living in a world where there is less of church. If there's ever a time that we need more church, it's now where we need more church now than ever before. Amen. We can't just sit back and just, you know, flow with the, okay, that's the norm. No, that's not the norm. When I was growing up, I used to be in church six days a week. And that was the norm for me. I mean, how many of us can do that today? I don't think many of us can do that. So we recommend you to be a part of what God is doing. and Be a part of God's kingdom. Whenever the doors are open... Be the first to make sure you are there. Because if you're not there, somebody's going to miss you. Amen. Amen. Everyone say it's offering time. Amen. Don't forget our banquet is uh, next Friday the 22nd. This Friday, actually, this Friday the 22nd. If you have not yet paid for your banquet, please see Sister Sylvia. I'm going to ask Sister Sylvia to raise her hand. She's in the back there. You can look around if you have not paid for your banquet. We're not collecting at the door. So make sure if you're planning to be at the banquet, you must see her today. If not, if you come to the door, we're not going to be rude to say, I'm sorry, we don't have no more room in the hen." So make sure you come. And be a part of what God is doing. Amen. Be a part of what God is doing. Amen. Everyone says it's offering time. Amen. Is there any guests here for the first, second, or third time? If there's any guests here for the first, second, and third time, we're going to invite you just to stand so we can recognize you. Amen. Amen. We have a few guests here. Amen. Look around. Amen. Praise God. We're so glad that you came here to worship the Lord with us. You know, we welcome you with welcome arms. Amen. And we pray that before the services conclude, if there's anything that we can help you with your walk with the Lord, don't hesitate to let one of us know the other ushers, one of our ministers around, just let them know. We'll be glad to provide you with more information. We're glad that you've become a part of this home that God brought you here to be at today. Amen. We're going to invite you one more time to stand with us today as we get ready to uh, receive our offering this morning. If you want to pay electronically um, in the back by the sound booth, we have a sister back there that will collect our uh, electronic payments back there. Amen. If you need a tithes an envelope, envelope. You can just wave your hand. The ushers will be glad to give you an envelope. Love. We're going to pray and ask the Lord to continue to bless our service as we continue to worship Him. Father God, we love you. We thank you for being so good to us, Lord God. We thank you for your mercies. We thank you for your love. We thank you for your goodness, Lord God. We thank you for what you have already done. As we're about to receive this morning offering, we ask you a blessing upon every giver, Lord God. Those who have to give, those who have not likewise. Open doors so they too can be a blessing in your kingdom. We ask you to continue to bless our leadership in this church, our pastor and his family. Every family in this church, oh God. Open up doors. Use us and help us to be what you want us to be in the hour that we're living in, Lord God we love you we come to the service in your hand and we actually will to be done in Jesus name and everybody said amen. Amen. amen amen bring your tithes and offering unto the lord
6: to just call on that name oh the bible says demons begin to tremble when you call on that name oh yes blind eyes will open when you call on that name deaf ears will unstop (laughs) oh hallelujah oh hallelujah Have have your way lord have your way lord have your way lord have your way lord come on church worship him the king of king is here the lord of lord is here Whatever you need, whatever you need, you can have it right now. Whatever you need, the King of Kings is here. He's here to set you free. He's here to restore your soul. He's here to deliver you. He's here, oh, to save your soul. He's here to fill you with His Spirit. He's here to restore your relationships. He's here. He's here. He's here. He's here. Let him have his way. Woo! Thank you, Jesus. Jesus, Jesus. His name is holy, church. His name is powerful. His name is above every name. Ah, ah, The presence of the Lord is in this place. If you will let him have his way, he will do what you cannot do. He will do what doctors cannot do. He will do what nobody else can do. If you will just let God have his way and say, God, I need you. God, I'm tired of what I'm struggling with. Will you heal me today? Will you deliver me today? I need you, Jesus. If somebody will call on his name, he will deliver you. He will save you. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus.
7: If you will grab your Bibles with me today, Go to Luke chapter 2, verse number 8.
6: Luke chapter 2, verse number 8.
7: If you can, stand with me for the reading of the Word of God. So good to be in the house of the Lord. Where the Spirit of the Lord is, there is liberty. Anything is possible in this kind of atmosphere.
6: Anything is possible in this kind of atmosphere. Oh, hallelujah. Oh, hallelujah.
7: Anything is possible in this atmosphere.
6: If you will let God, He will do what you need. Chapter 2,
7: verse number 8. Welcome, welcome all, one and all. We're so glad you're here to worship the Lord together. We're so humbled to be in the presence of the Lord. God is good, and it's nothing that we have done to deserve His presence, it's nothing that we've done to deserve His goodness. But just because He is good, He comes in our midst because He is good. He touches us because He is good. He, he interacts, He communes with us because He is good. Most of us know that we don't want to commune or interact with people that hasn't been good to us. That's just kind of how we are as people. If you haven't treated me good, I don't really want to mess with you. I'm not going to interact with you. I'm not going to commune with you if you didn't treat me good. But the Almighty God did not do that to us. He says, while you were neglecting me? Why you didn't speak up on my behalf? Why you never communicated with me? Why you just went against my word and did whatever you wanted I was still wanting to be with you. I was still wanting to commune with you. I was still wanting to bless you, even when you didn't care about me. That's the kind of God we serve. That's the kind of God we're worshiping. That 's why you see this kind of emotion. Some are crying, some are running, some are singing, some lift their hands, some pray. You will see different types of actions and emotions, and that's because people know how good the almighty God has been to them and that they did not deserve his goodness, but he still has been good to them. That's why you see this kind of behavior and you're wondering why are people behaving like that? Why is he over there waving his hand like this? Why is she back there lifting her hands? Why are they running around here? Why the
6: person fell on the stage worshiping God? What is going on? They know who Jesus is and what Jesus has done for them.
7: That's why they seem like they're crazy. Woo. But we can talk about how we got here this morning. Let's get into how we got here this morning. Luke chapter 2 verse number 8. The Word of God says in verse number 8, And there were in the same country shepherds abiding in the field, keeping watch over their flock by night. And lo, the angel of the Lord came upon them. And the glory of the Lord shone round about them. And they were so afraid. And the angel said unto them, Fear not. For behold, I bring you good tidings of great joy, which shall be to some people. I bring you good tidings of great joy, which shall be to all. He did not say, well, some. He said, all people. The ones that deserve it. Well, none of us deserve it. I can't even say that. I can't even say the ones that deserve it. To all people that didn't deserve it. For unto you is born this day in the city of David a Savior, which is Christ the Lord. Can I show you something real quick for you Bible scholars before we sit? Christ the Lord. Christ, meaning man, Messiah. Lord, meaning God. Christ, the Lord. God, as man. We thank you for your word, Jesus. You've already blessed us. And Lord, we will continue to worship and praise you. Continue to do what you've started here today, Lord. That your people will be changed when they walk out of these doors today. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. You may be seated. I want to talk to you today on this topic. Good tidings of great joy. Good tidings of great joy. Centuries have rolled by, but the luster of the night has not passed away. The tones of the message have been caught and repeated by an increasing number of God sent messengers. They swell in volume until now from all parts of the world filling the atmosphere with its message of joy and hope and faith and love. Joy to the world. The Lord has come. There were many great men and many wealthy men in that city during that time. There were scholars of the most profound and various learning. But it was not to any of these that the angels came. And it was not in their ears that the music sounded. The greatest news that the world ever heard was given to a group of humble shepherds. I think all of us here today ought to thank God and says, man, I'm in good company because I'm not a great person. I'm not any dignitary or wealthy person. And Lord, if when your birth was coming, you gave it to humble shepherds, I'm in good company. I have hope that you will speak to me in spite of my position or my status. The greatest news that the world had ever heard was given to a group of humble shepherds. Few seconds from the mighty world ever disturbed those shepherds. I'm sorry, few sounds from the mighty world has ever disturbed those shepherds. They were not vexed by any ambition to be famous. (laughs) They passed their day amid silence of nature. How fitting it was that shepherds should be chosen when remembering how the 23rd 23rd Psalms began. It says, the Lord is my shepherd. And when we reflect that the babe was born in Bethlehem, was to be the, the, the good shepherd giving his life for the sheep, it's amazing how our Lord And Savior Jesus Christ connected the dots from way back in Psalms, even before then, to let us know the good shepherd was coming. Philippians chapter 2 verse number 6 says, But made himself of no reputation, and took upon him the form of a servant, and was made in the likeness of men. It's talking about almighty God. Who became man. Matthew 23 verse 11 says. But he that is greatest among you. And we know who was the greatest among us. When he was walking in the flesh. But he that is the greatest among you. Shall be your servant. His revelation to those shepherds. Was usually significant. Of the genius. Or or unusually significant. Of the genius of Christianity. This is why some people have a hard time with Christianity because we like the bling bling and Jesus didn't come with any bling bling. Jesus didn't come for any show. Jesus didn't come to say, look at me. Jesus didn't come to project anything to say he is something special. You know what's interesting? Can I tell you a little secret? And we all, I'm going to say amen to this if you don't. People that have it and really got it, they don't try to let you know they really got it and really have it. It's us that don't really have it that's trying to look like we got it. But the ones that really got it, you can't tell because they act like they don't have it. Well, Jesus came like one of those kind of people. I got it all. All power is given to me in heaven and in earth. And he came as a humble, humble, lowly servant. Lesson learned there for all of us. Once the shepherds confirmed the good news, they returned glorifying and praising God for all the things that they had seen and heard. What awe they must have had when they came into the presence of, his, of this baby who was to be the savior of the world. Do we still have that awe? I think some of us still do. Some of us still have that awe that when the presence of the Lord is imminent and manifested among us, we begin to have an awe, and that's why we begin to worship, and that's why we begin to praise Him and run and dance and sing and shout. Because we have an awe at the presence of God. If you have an awe of the presence of God, there will be something that will happen to your soul when the presence of God is manifested there's something about the name As soon as they start singing that song I wanted to run as fast as I could but I can't run like I used to because it's something about the name it's something about the name of Jesus Christ you can say that name and whatever I'm doing I stop it becomes a spectacle to me whenever I hear the name that will always stop me in my tracks because the name is not like any other name I don't know about you but when I say the name of Jesus uh, my whole being my whole spirit my whole soul begins to stir because he is my creator he is my deliverer he is my savior and he owns me and everything that I can ever be, it's all because of him. So when I hear his name, I begin to worship. When I hear his name, I begin to praise. When I hear his name, I begin to shout. At times I begin to cry because the name is about Jesus. It's everything about him. When you hear the name, you understand who it is. When you hear the name, you realize it's all encompassing. When you hear the name, you realize that there is none greater. There is none mightier. There is none like Jesus. His name is above every name. It does not matter what names you may say. No other name can come against the name of Jesus. church. There are many religions out there and their gods don't have a name. Their god have a title. And that's how you know what's real from fake. If you belong to a religion, not y'all, but if they out there belong to a religion that has, the, the, the god that they serve has no name, that ain't no good religion. It can't be the right religion because the savior of the world, the creator of all things, the one that died for you, he has a name and his name is Jesus. Jesus. When you say any other name, demons do not tremble. You go and say some other religious name. You go and say some other kind of name when a demon come at you and see what happens. The demons will tell you, Paul, I, kn- Paul, I know. He you say, I don't know you, I don't know you, but Jesus I know. Because the name is not like any other name. You don't realize you can just walk around and just say the name. Sometimes you don't know how to pray. You don't know the right words to say. But if you will just say the name. Jesus. Jesus. Uh, I don't know about you, but I've had... Uh, times when I, I feel like I'm, I'm, I'm laying down or I'm sleeping and I feel like an uh, uh, evil spirit come over me and in my sleep I just say Jesus and it just feels like everything breaks loose it just feels like i become free because demons are afraid of the name the Bible says demons tremble at the name what kind of name is that where demons will tremble at the name The name is so powerful and so well known in the spirit world that when you say the name, everything begins to stand at attention and says, oh, that's the great God and creator of all things. That name is not like any other name. It's not like any other name. Do we still have the awe when we hear of Jesus or is no big deal to us? Do we still say, my God, there is none like you when we hear the name? Do we still worship and praise him when we hear his name? Come on, somebody. The name of the Lord, the Bible says, is a strong. From that day until now, a new glory has shone upon the earth. A new joy has filled the hearts that have been opened to the Prince of Peace, the Savior of the world. Listen to me. The people. Before Jesus came on the scene. In case you don't know. Just let me give you a little bit of Bible real quick. The last. The last Old Testament. Uh, book is Malachi. And. Scripture will show you. And scholars will tell you. From Malachi to Matthew. There was 400 silent years where no prophet was able to give you a word that was new. No man was able to communicate any word that they heard from God because God had went silent because he was preparing for something. He was preparing to come into this world physically. He was preparing to manifest himself as human and so he got quiet. And so The people were in a dark place. The people was in the shadows, consumed by sin and sorrow without hope, and were deeply in need of a Savior. Are you in need of a Savior? Oof, 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 oof. My God, that is so powerful. Because that's really what's wrong with our world. We don't think we're in need of God. But y'all just answered that resoundingly like, yeah, I need a Savior. That's awesome. I need a Savior too. We need a Savior. Let me tell you this. If we didn't need a Savior, he wouldn't come as a Savior. When you get to understand that Jesus Christ is Almighty God, you understand this. He's all-knowing. So if he knows we need a savior, we better understand we need a savior. And so he came as a savior because he knew we needed a savior. Since the almighty God became our savior, it means mankind needs saving. And nobody's really saved until either you die saved or the rapture come while you're saved. None of us. All of us here today hopefully are living a saved life, but we ain't saved yet. So we're striving to be saved eternally. And so at this point we're saying, God, I just want to do everything that I can that you tell me I need to do that I can remain saved until you come. I'm going to occupy, Lord, until you come. Through the long, dark, weary ages, man had been grown in, in miserable captivity to the tyranny of sin, the power of sin. And nothing was more evident than this, that man had lost all power of saving himself that he forfeited in the garden. Our first, our father, forefather, Adam. He forfeited the authority, the power that God gave him that we all should have when we were born. Adam forfeited that. The devil snatched it. And because of that, since that time, we have been in sin and we can't get out on our own. If you and somebody's stuck in a hole, y'all can't help each other. It's somebody that's not in the hole with you, that can get you out. And all of us, Was in the hole. And God was the only one that was not in the hole. That's why he was the only one that can save us. That's me giving you understanding. But the word of God says he was the only one without sin, obviously. And we all had sinned. And so we can't save ourselves and we can't save each other. Only God can save man. Can we be a vessel? Can we be a conduit? Can we be an instrument that God can use to speak what we need to do to get saved? Sure, but only when we make up in our mind and do what God says that we can be saved because it's he that works on the inside of man to clean us up, not us.
2: Mm-hmm.
7: Mm-hmm. Now, at last, another is going to undertake his unhelpfulness, he can't help himself, man was helpless, and God says, now I'll come and help man, the birth of any child, or any man child, is an interesting event, the other day, I had a guy that stopped by here to see me, he doesn't go to church, he's a Jew, I didn't even know, and he's been a you know fairly decent friend of mine for a little bit, and I told him I was to stop by here and come and see me, and he brought his little daughter with him. He came in the door, and like most people do that don't know about this place, that you open a sanctuary door, and they're like, what in the world? Because you just don't expect it. And so he came in with his little four, four-year-old daughter, Riley, and Riley just cut loose at this place. She was running, what, what day was that, Wednesday, before y'all started running this morning. So Riley cut loose. She went over here, and she asked her dad, can I put on my bathing suit and get... I'm telling you, I understand why God says, come to him as little children. Because Riley cut loose and said, Daddy, can I put my bathing suit on and go in here? And he looked at me, I says, well, you're a baby, you don't have sin. Started teaching the word of God. So I said to him, I said, brother, I know we do Christian you know and, and society do Christian and all that stuff i said but you don't need to do anything for a baby when it comes to baptism because baptism is only needed when you have sin in your life i said babies don't have sin because they don't know right from wrong i said so riley don't need to be baptized when riley get older maybe then when she starts doing some things that are not wrong and she don't know who jesus is then we can get riley baptized but only adults that have sin need to be baptized to get in right relationship with jesus christ that was real quick you see how work. Just like that. So now her daddy says, so this is gospel church, huh? I said, yeah, dad, it's a gospel church. He said, I've never been to a gospel church. Then he see the big speakers. Man, y'all must have a good time in here, huh? I said, we do. He says, all right, what time service start? I said, 1030. He said, I'm going to come see y'all. I said, Riley, Make sure you, t- you know, you know I, I know how to talk. Tell the kids, kids don't lay off. I said, Riley, make sure you tell your daddy you want to go to church. And you want to go to that nice big church that you was running around in. Mm-hmm. Because we need to cease every opportunity to talk about who Jesus is, what he can do for us, what he will do for us, what he has done for us. So the birth of any man child it's great and wonderful. And when you think about, I said this to her dad. I said, Dad, did you ever think about this? That you were once just like that. No care in the world. All you want to know is when you eat and you just want to run around and have a good time. Mommy, mommy, daddy, daddy. Did you realize? He said, you know, that's, that's interesting. I never thought. I said, well, we were all right there with Riley. And now look at us. I said, you going to tell me there ain't no God? You do t- listen to this one. I'll, I'll get y'all in on this conversation. As I was talking to him, I said, his name is Jeffrey. I said, Jeff, when you were born, as opposed to when Riley was born, I said, you know, you wasn't as smart as Riley is today. He said, no, nah, these kids are born smart. I said, tell me, how is that possible if we don't have any kind of influence on how smart an unborn child can be? Y'all got the answer to that? We don't have any, there's nothing we can do to enhance the intellect of an unborn child. Nothing we can do. So how is it possible that, let me use my age, 55 years ago when people were born... They weren't as smart as today when people are born. How can you explain that? And we still walking around like, ain't no God. So when a person is born, especially a man child, it is a very interesting event because it is just awesome. It is amazing that one minute, uh, no existence of life, and, and, and then all of a sudden, the woman get pregnant and stomach get big. And before you know it, you know, a human begin to form. That's another thing. A woman walking around with a human inside. of it. But, Whatever. But it's just amazing when you start to think about these things. And say, Man, how can I not believe there's a God? And so the baby comes out. And you're just like, this is amazing. But, Sister Marie, I was just telling my kids. I can't help but to tell my kids about Sister Marie all the time. Thirteen years ago, my wife was like this with two babies in her belly, and, and, and we went up to Princeton before it moved on Route 1. We went up to Princeton Medical Center on Witherspoon Street, and as soon as we hit the door, it was freezing too that weekend. As soon as we hit the door, it was a Friday, we hit the door, and Sister Marie, hey, and she came and just ushered my wife straight upstairs. And before you know it, two, twin, two babies were born. I'm still today saying, God, I don't know who you are, even though I know who you are, because I don't know how you do these things. But how much more intensely interesting the birth of the child whose name is called, watch it, wonderful, whose name is called Counselor. The mighty God, the everlasting Father, the Prince of Peace. When he was born, that's what he was from the very beginning. He was wonderful. He was our counselor. He is the mighty God, the everlasting Father, and the Prince of Peace. You have some religion that's saying he was a God, but he wasn't the God. And I got to ask them, what Bible are you reading? And I would take their own Bible and take them to... Isaiah 9 and 6 and says in your own Bible, it says that he was the mighty God, not a God, the mighty God. I said, so how are you going to explain that? They changed the word of God. I feel bad for them, but we got to pray for them and keep helping them. As the God child grew and became the God man, he began to manifest the purpose of For which he was born. We ought to take a little side note with that. Side note. Almighty God, who became man, came through the birth process and everything. As he began to grow, he began to establish his purpose. The Bible says God is no respect of persons. You know what that means? If he came with purpose, all of us here have purpose. So as much as you might have thought that Man, I'm an accident. The way how my mom got pregnant was not what she wanted, and so I'm an accident. You might be here thinking, for all the stuff that I've gone through, not working for me. Can I tell you, if God allowed you to be born because he's ultimately In charge If you are born or not born If God let you came out that womb And you're here today You have purpose You have purpose I don't care what your history is I don't care how people have treated you I don't care what education level you're at I don't care where you are in life You have significant purpose Because God allowed you to be born You hear this preacher today... I feel like somebody needs to hear this. And I'm telling you, no matter what, (laughs) don't you commit no suicide thinking that that's the answer. Because if God brought you into this world, he brought you into this world for a purpose. Stop spinning your wheels and looking for answers in the wrong places. You have come to the right place. I need you to surrender your life to Jesus and say, God, if that man is telling the truth, Show me my purpose. Help me to know who I am and why I was born. Y'all crazy if you don't think people that believe in God don't commit suicide. And there's some people in here that you just, you were in the give up stage. There's some people in here that 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 suicide have crossed your mind. And so you're you're pondering these things. And anything that is not of God, we don't need to ponder them. We need to just begin to command them to leave our mind. We need to begin to rebuke them in Jesus' name. Father, I rebuke the thoughts of suicide in the name of Jesus. Father, I rebuke the thoughts of just giving up in Jesus' name. I, I rebuke those thoughts of the enemy and I speak life today. You have purpose according to God's will. Don't go it a long way. Sometimes we try to go after what we think is our purpose and neglect God. Here's experience. If you will give your all to the Lord, if you're supposed to be an attorney, you will. If you give your all to God, if you're supposed to be a doctor, you will. If you give your all to God and you're supposed to be an accountant, you will. If you're supposed to be a scientist, if you're supposed, whatever it is that you feel like I am supposed to have something to change the world. Whatever it is, give yourself to God first. You can get to where you want to on your own, but you won't know how to fulfill your purpose where you got to. But if you will trust God and let God work in your life first, when he brings you to that place as a scientist, when he brings you to that place as a doctor, when he brings you to that place as an accountant or whatever it is, you're going to know I belong here and I've got a purpose for being here. But if you try to get there first without God, then you're going to get there and try to, try to now establish the purpose. And it just won't work the same way. God knows what he's doing. God knows what he's doing. The God man, as he manifested, his, as he grew, he, he realized he, he was coming into his purpose for which he was born. Watch this. He began healing the sick. He fed the hungry. He comforted the afflicted. But in all the healing and helping this one message, he repeats time after time, over and over, he would say, thy sins be forgiven thee. Because he came to save us. Sometimes we look at these miracles. Whether it's him healing your body from sickness. People have, we have seen, I haven't seen it, but I have good credible source that says they've seen limbs grow back. We've seen people get healed from all different kinds of diseases. We've seen it. We've, we, we've, we've heard about it. But that wasn't really his purpose and why he came. So, as much as we like to put our focus on these great miracles, our focus should be on being forgiven of sins, being saved. Salvation is the primary, person, primary reason why God came as man. Primary purpose. Unfortunately, sometimes we put our focus on the things he can do as opposed to what he came for to do for us. And that is to save us. He says, thy sins be forgiven thee. They let down the paralytic through the roof of a house before him. And this is his message to the paralytic. Thy sins be forgiven thee. A woman kneels before him and washes his, washes his feet with her hair, with her tears, and wipes them with her hair. And guess what? His message was, go in peace. Sin no more. He looked up into a tree. And said to Zacchaeus, make haste, come down, for today I must abide at thy house. Guess what he said after that? This day is salvation come to thy house. For the Son of Man has come to seek and to save that which was lost. His primary reason for becoming human and walking this earth was so we can be saved was so we can have a life that is abundant. They nailed him to the cross. And his prayer breathes the same message. Father, forgive them. He's a God of salvation. He came to seek and to save. This is why we're worshiping him. This is why we're praising Him, church. There is nobody like Him. Nobody like Him. No matter how bad you have been. No matter how badly you have treated God.
6: No matter how much you turned your back on Him. No matter how much you cursed Him. No matter how badly you just ignored Him. He came to save you from the worst of the worst. Will you just realize that about Him?
7: Sometimes I'm just so overwhelmed when I think about God's goodness. For you that are not saved, you're looking at it from your viewpoint of man, God has been good to me and I'm not even trying to live for him the way I need to. And that's true. But watch this. And for those of us who are saved, after we got saved, we still made a mess and did wrong and wasn't right with God. And so we too are saying, what a God. Because even when we knew better and didn't do better, he still loved us and still is reaching for us. That's the kind of God. So if you're not saved, he's been good to you. And if you're saved, he's been
6: good to you. That's the kind of God we serve. He's good no matter what.
7: They nailed them to the cross and he said, forgive them. This Christianity is more than healing the sick, more than feeding the hungry, more than clothing the naked, more than educating the ignorant. This is taking off the great burden under which humanity has been crushed by sin. You see this water over here? I know it's just water. For you that have never been baptized, us that have been baptized have this message for you. It seemed like it was just no big deal. And then when we went over to get baptized, we repented of our sins. We went into the water and got baptized in the name of Jesus Christ for the remission of sins. When we came back up, we felt lighter. When we went in and came out, we felt lighter. We knew that something was lifted. We couldn't see what was lifted. We weren't able to understand what was lifted. We just know our burden has been lifted. Our weight has come off of me. That's what we knew. But we could not understand how that worked. Because the Savior of the world, he came to take away the burden of sin. This is why we can't get baptized no other way but in his name. Because that's who came to take away the sins and the burden. The word of God tells us that the Lord Jesus himself was as poor and unfamed as the shepherds. (laughs) Yet all heaven was with him. No trumpet was playing or was played telling of his coming. No post rode swift from town to town to announce his kingship. Earth and its glory took no notice of one who was laid in a manger. But far above in the world beyond where earthly glory had no praise and earth had no power and rank, no dignity. The child who lived to love and died for men, was celebrated among heavenly hosts. Can I tell you a secret? Heavenly hosts is not more important than me and you. The most important thing God created was us. But those that are less than us still worship him. We can't let them outdo us. We can't let angels outdo us. They're not more special than us. God didn't create angels in his image. He created us in his image. He created us like him. We are the closest thing to God that ever existed. We can't let The angels outdo us in worshiping God. We can't let nature outdo us in worshiping God. We ought to worship God because we're like him. We're the closest thing to him. We're above everything that's ever been created. Mm, 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 mm. God, help us today. Help us today. Help us today, Lord heaven understood that the almighty god who is the creator of the world and everything in it became the savior of mankind by doing what was necessary to give us life more abundantly i'm almost done i'm going to get you out of here today get your lunch but here is where i got my definition of love everybody want to know what love is what love is what love is And here's where I got my definition of love. You want me to tell you what definition of love is? Love is to do whatever is necessary to benefit the one who you love. You're quiet. Let me tell you how I got that definition. Almighty God on his throne. Angels bowing down. Angels worshiping around the throne. But again, angels aren't more important than you and I. And he looks and he knows my children that I created in my image are being burdened with sin. They are just just being devastated by sin. And so angels, I got to go and save my people. The ones that I created in my image But guess what? In order for them to ever get out of sin, I had already established that without the shedding of blood, there could be no remission of sin. So in order for sin to be gone, blood had to be shed. But as I sit on this throne, I ain't got no flesh and blood because there ain't no flesh and blood in heaven. So God, as the invisible being, right, says, how in the world am I going to be able to shed blood? What kind of blood? Unblemished blood. Nothing else that was worthy had blood to be shed for people. So that's where he says, okay, here's what I'm going to have to do. I'm going to have to become a man, a human. And as a human, I'm going to have a body. As a human, I'm going to have flesh and blood as human, I would be able to walk amongst them and be their example that you can live in a world of sin and not sin. And so I'm going to have to become that in order to save my people that I made in my image. That's what I'm going to have to do. So guess what? That's how we read up this story. That the Virgin Mary was impregnated by the Holy Ghost. He didn't allow man to, to taint because all men have sin. So if if, if uh, um, um, Joseph was the one that was used then he would have been conceived in sin because all men have sinned. So he made sure because the father de- de- determined you know, what the child is all about. And so because he knew Joseph had sinned he says this is what I'm going to do. I'm going to be the father and become the son at the same time. Because I need a body. The only reason why he's son. Why am I doing this? The only reason why he's a son. Was because he was born to a woman. Tell me who is not a son that's been born to a woman. Tell me. Any person walking this earth today that was born. Are they a son? Any man I should say that's born to a woman. Are they a son? So why did you want God to not be a son? I'm ready. Why did you want God to come in this world like any other human and not be a son? That would go against the laws of nature. He would have been false. If he came into the world and says, yeah, I know I was born, but I'm not no son. And all, and that's why we all getting, we struggling. How can God be the father? How can God be the son? How can God be the Holy Ghost? It's just really simple. He only a son because he was born of a woman. But he God really, but he could never be born and not be considered to be a son. So we're getting all flustered and got to figure out, you know, so then when we couldn't understand that, we got to say, well, you know, he is the father, he is the son. And three in one, ain't no three in one, it's one God who is Jesus Christ. He became human so he can save us. That's all this is all about, why we're getting confused. He wanted to save us and he did whatever was necessary. That's how I got my definition of love. Husbands, wives, children, all of us that are in here, if we are going to claim we love anybody, you should have no limits except for sin. We can't do wrong to do right. You don't do that. So just put that out of the way. But whenever you say you love somebody, you will do whatever is necessary for their benefit. Yes. And if you're not there yet, it's okay. I just gave you the definition today. Work at it. Work at it. I just gave you the definition today. Because all along, we thought love was full of emotion. And guess what? You know, we we, we will do the best we can. No, you do whatever is necessary. That's what God did. Whatever was necessary. Because this was what was necessary to save us. That was Bible study, and I don't know why I did that. Because I'm supposed to be giving you this beautiful presentation of the almighty God who became a savior to the world. The angel said to the shepherds, I bring you good tidings of great joy. Good tidings of, or, or, or should I say, good news is another way of describing the gospel of Jesus Christ. So when the angel came and said that, angel was in essence saying, I bring you the gospel because the gospel is what saves us if we obey it. This good news would bring great joy because it comprised of everything for which all people, particularly the Jews, had been hoping for and waiting for. The Savior had come. This good tithing of great joy is still available to all people today. You can have it if you want it. Just like the shepherds, if you desire this good tithing of great joy, you will come and inquire of it. When the shepherds got the message, did they stay where they were? No, they went to inquire because of what they heard. That's probably what we're missing today. We get the good news. First of all, we don't even know if it's good news because it's interrupting our flow. Don't even realize that God got something better than what you got. And so the good news come and we don't go inquire about it. The greatest event in the history or the greatest event in history had just occurred. The Messiah had been born for ages. The Jews and all the people like had waited for this. And when it finally happened, the announcement came to humble shepherds. The good news about Jesus is that he comes to all types of people, including the well-to-do the dignitaries, the plain, but he also comes to the ordinary and the outcast of society. He comes to anyone with a heart that is humble enough to accept him. And so I close with this. I'm done. Revelations 3 and 20. He says, Behold, I stand at the door and knock. I can't say this enough. Those of you that's been around me for a long time, you know that I've been saying this for the longest, that God is a gentleman. He does not force himself on any one of us. He will be a gentleman and says, I have come to save you. I have come to do great works in your life, but I cannot make you accept me. You have to willingly accept. Accept me. You have to decide you're going to accept me by showing me that you're accepting me. We don't say I accept you and just do nothing. Behold, I stand at the door and knock. Watch this. If any man hear my voice today, if any man hear the voice that he's using, this preacher, if any man hear my voice and do what? So you got to do something. You, You can't sit still. You got to do something. You got to open the door to your heart. Open the door. I will come in and will sup with him and he with me. Whoever you are today, whatever you do or whatever you did, you can have Jesus in your life. Don't think that you need any extraordinary qualifications to have Jesus in your life. If you knew some of our stories in here today, you would say, what in the world? But God is no respecter of persons. You don't need any extraordinary qualifications. If you will just surrender your life right now to the Lord Jesus Christ and ask him to save you, to deliver you, to change you, he will do it if you will heed his instructions. We can't ask God to do something and when he tells us what to do, then we don't do it. Did you ever hear about the king Naaman? Naaman was a king. He had a little maid in his house that was, you know, taking care of his house. And the little maid told him, I know a prophet of the Lord. His name is Elijah. If you go to him, he will tell you, how to get healed of your leprosy because the king had leprosy. When the king went to the prophet, the prophet didn't even come to the door. And he was mad because he was the king. How dare him not come and talk to me face to face. The prophet said, Message, tell him to go dip in the Jordan seven times and his leprosy will be healed. And Naaman went away and said, I am not doing that. Do you know who I am? Can he not come to me and talk to me face to face? I am not going to go with that instruction. Guess what? Leprosy was still there and that's day by day go leprosy there so he finally went back So he went back and the prophet told him the same thing guess what not until he went you know I've been to the Jordan River and you know how you go to some river the water's running downstream and it's nice and clear not the Jordan Jordan is dirty it's so muddy you can't even see the bottom so that's another issue that the king had I'm a king he should be sending me to a nice pool or something. But he said, go dip in that muddy, muddy Jordan water. And guess what? Until he went and dipped in the muddy Jordan, he had leprosy. But the moment that he did and went and dipped in the Jordan River, he came back out. And the Bible says his flesh was like a baby. I can't say that enough about how all of us need to know that story. Because we want God to do stuff in our life. And God says, I got you. And when he tells you what to do, oh, I don't know about all that. And the question becomes, do you want God to do what what you ask him for or you want God to do it the way you want to? Because if you knew how to get it done, you wouldn't need God. So you come to God because you don't know how to get it done. So whatever he's telling you, just go do it and stop questioning it because it goes against, you know, your status or who you think you are or how you carry yourself. You don't want to go do it because of that. Are you kidding me? All of us, when we come to God, he breaks us. You're not going to keep being who you used to be before you come to him. The way you come to God is not going to be the way you leave God. Too many people want to come to God and leave God the same way. And he says, are you kidding me? Nobody come into my presence and leave the same way. Right. So you won't do that. So if you come into my presence with an open heart, you're going to leave differently. We want to leave the same way. Don't work that way. And so if you will repent of your sins today, if you will get baptized in the name of Jesus Christ, For the remission of sins, if you will lift your hands and begin to worship God and praise him, you can experience a change before you leave here today. That's the way it works. This is not a one-side business. We don't come to the house of God and God do everything and we do nothing and we leave just glorious. Oh, this was so good. Just as he used the angels to give instructions, God is still using Men and women of God to give instructions. This is why in some places they call the pastors angels of the house. Because it's just a nice fancy title for messenger. That's all we are. All these pastors that make themselves out to be something else, pray for them. Because all we are are just messengers. That's all we are. And guess what? If God came into this world as a humble servant, that's what I want to be. It might not be popular, but that's what I want to be. I say all the time, I want to be like Jesus. And Jesus was a humble servant. So guess what? If I want to be like Jesus, I'm going to be a humble servant. I just want to be a humble servant, Lord. Because that's what you were and that's what I want to be. Let us stand. Humble servant. That's what it's all about. He came to save us. If we will allow him to save us, he will save us. But we got to humble ourselves and respond to his word in obedience. If there's anybody here today, before we go, if there's anybody here today You've never been baptized in the name of Jesus Christ before you start telling yourself, I wasn't ready. That was back in the day that you had to bring your own clothes. When I grew up in Jamaica and you want to get baptized, you had to bring your own clothes. You had to bring your own stuff you put on your head. You had to bring your own towel. Well, guess what? Good evolution. We have towels. We have robes. We have things you can put on your head so you don't have to go home wet, but you can go home saved and lighter. You can go home saved and lighter. So if there's anyone here today that you would like to go home changed today from where you are because you have never been baptized, you can do so. The Lord can wash away all your sins. That's why he came. He came to save us. He didn't just come so he can heal us. He didn't just come so we can have good financial situation. And he wants you to have good financial situation. He didn't just come just so you can just have all of these things. And not have salvation. What good is it? The Bible says, what good is it for a man to gain the whole world but lose his soul? That's what the Bible says. So God wants you to have salvation, then all the other, you know, bells and whistles can come with it if that's his purpose in your life. But to seek after those things first, God says, no, seek ye first the kingdom. And all these things shall be added unto you. So if you're here today, you've never been baptized, you can be baptized. If you're here today and you need something from the Lord, you can come and pray and God can touch you. Will you lift your hands with me and just talk to the Lord? Father, in the name of Jesus, oh, we're so grateful. Oh, we're so thankful for what you have done, what you continue to do. Lord, I'm overwhelmed this morning just thinking about what you've done for us. Just thinking about how you love us so. Just thinking about, Lord God. How you could have just turned your back on us and given up on us, but you just kept reaching for us. What you did to come into this world to save our soul, I'm still in awe. How you announced your birth, I'm still in awe. Shepherds, I'm still in awe of you. I will always be in awe of you. Lord, I can't wait to see you face-to-face in heaven. I can't wait to sit with you and just talk to you. To be able, Lord God, to just express all of the thoughts that I have. Just be able to just smile and just say, God, you're a wonder. To think about how great you are, but you interacted with lowly old us who have allowed sin to consume us, who've allowed unrighteousness to get the best of us, who were unholy, but you still just reach for us. I'm in awe of you, Lord. I'm in awe of how you are, your character, your attributes. I'm in awe of you, Lord God. And Lord, I just want you to know that I will never forget Whatever you want of me, Lord. <laughs> oh, that's just what I've always said, Lord. Whatever you want of me, I will do it. Because I could never really show you any reciprocation for what you have done for me. There's no way I can ever reciprocate what you've done for me. So whatever it is that you want me to do, Lord, I will do. However you want me to live, Lord. I will live. Wherever you want me to go, Lord, I will go. Because you are so good. You're so wonderful. You're so glorious. Lord, I pray that if there's someone in here today that's vacillating about surrendering today, let them vacillate no more and come forward and say, here I am. Somebody's in here that God is right there with you. He has shown up to deliver you, and he wants to transform your life. But he needs for you to understand that how you think and how you perceive things, it's wrong. He wants to show you the right way. He's the way maker. He says, I'm the way, the truth, and the life. God is the way maker. And if you will let him, he will make a way out of no way. Father I thank you today I thank you for your word I thank you for the people of God for the family of God for the church Lord you are so good to us we thank you for your presence that's just in the midst of us oh God bless your people keep your people let your face shine upon them and be gracious unto them we thank you for all you have done all you continue to do and we give you the praise in Jesus' name. Listen to me before you go. The next two Sundays, 1224 and 1231, there will be no Sunday school at 9 a.m. So 12, that's next Sunday, and the following Sunday, no Sunday school at 9 a.m. Service start at regular time at 1030. Don't forget, our mental health workshop, Overcoming is the title. That will be January 5th and January 6th. On January 5th, 7.30 p.m. On January 6th, 10.30 a.m. It's going to be a great seminar about mental health. It will change your life. And so if you will come, you will see some change there. We have great people. Young people, too, and, and people that have been trained in this field, we have them that will teach and instruct us. So we want you to be a part of it. Make a note of that. God bless you. Have a great rest of your day. I love you, and I appreciate you.